What's going on, everyone? Welcome into the PFN Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Kyle Yates, and I'm your host. I can be found on Twitter at KyleYNFL. I am joined here today by Kyle Sapi. You can be found on Twitter at Kyle Sapi PFN. Kyle, it is a fine Friday morning. How are we doing, my friend? Oh, man. Okay, I'm glad you asked, because that's going to give me a chance to vent just a little bit here. Okay, so... My wife's a teacher. She gets going early in the morning. I make her breakfast. She always runs late. I'm not a chef. We're talking toast and eggs. It's nothing fancy. I do what I can. So I'm cutting the bread this morning, cutting a loaf of bread to get two pieces of toast. Very simple. Not really paying attention. I get way more finger than I do bread. So we're in chaos, damage control from the get-go. I mean, we're talking blood all over the place. The bread is now garbage. It's, It's a whole thing. I had more fun this morning than I had last night watching the Packers line. I mean, th- I was bleeding longer this morning than the Packers were competitive on Thursday Night Football. It was just a freaking mess of a show at home in primetime against the Detroit Lions that I'm watching with a Lions fan. It was, I, I, I'm doing better now, but I, the last 12 hours, how have they gone for you? They haven't been great for me. Well, here's here's the thing. I tweeted this out last night while watching the game of as a Bears fan watching the Green Bay Packers just get destroyed by a division rival on yeah. national television was a scene from Thor Ragnarok, which I know that you have not seen. No. And it is Loki where he's like, see how that's how it feels like that's exactly yeah. the mentality watching that was like, this is what my life is every single week of just getting absolutely oh. destroyed on national television as a Bears fan. And uh, welcome to the show, buddy. Welcome yeah. to Thanks. how it feels. You You've had a really solid run of the past 40 years with Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers. Welcome to mediocrity. It's great to have you. Yeah, happy uh, to be here. Let, <laughs> let's go ahead and get into recapping that game here. 34-20, the final score. Not even as close as that score no. would indicate there. Let's talk about the Lions side of things here. Jared Goff not necessarily needed. Aton here in this matchup was just a streaming option in this one anyway. David Montgomery, questionable coming into this matchup, not necessarily even clear what sort of workload he was going to see. Good night, 32 carries, 121 yards, three touchdowns, adds on two receptions for 20 yards. Jameer Gibbs, eight carries, 40 yards, four receptions, 11 yards. The Detroit Lions coaching staff has a clear cap of how many touches they are going to give Jameer Gibbs a game, and it is a cap at 12. Like that is the absolute cap, the absolute limit of what the they are going to give Jameer Gibbs the ball each and every week. Do we need to be officially concerned about Jameer Gibbs and playing him every single week as a top 24 running back at this point? Yeah, I think you have to. We've seen the freaking Lions do this. They did it with DeAndre Swift. We're like, oh, yeah, the guy's great. And they're like, oh, yeah, well, we're going to give him. He's going to be great for 12 touches a game, 14 touches a game. And so they ship him off and they bring in Jameer Gibbs. And we're like, oh, yeah, this guy's great. They're going to do something different because they have David Montgomery. He's not really like a plotter like Jamal Williams. So we're we're going to get maybe a 50-50 split. We get 15, 16 touches for an explosive talent. What's not to like there? They refuse to do it. 32 carries for David Montgomery off of an injury? Like, to me, that's crazy. He was effective. Like, don't get me wrong. I've been wrong on David Montgomery all season. I'm probably going to continue to be because I still think Jameer Gibbs is the better player, but he, he can't be considered the better fantasy option at this point. There's no way you can have him in your top 24. I really liked David Montgomery coming into the year. One of my bold takes was that David Montgomery will finish the year as a top 10 running back. So I did a video coming into the year talking about David Montgomery 
as one of the must-have running backs in fantasy football. And I was last night like, maybe I should share this. Like, it'd be good for my street cred. And then um, the the player immediately above David Montgomery as the must-have running backs in my that I was really wanting to have this year, A.J. Dillon. So I was like, you know what? I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to share that. We have our hits. We have our misses. Let's just leave that one in the chamber there. Uh, let's go to the wide receivers here. Josh Reynolds actually continues to get it done here. Not a blow-up performance, but wasn't needed a ton. Three receptions, 69 yards. I'm on Ross St. Brown with one of the filthiest routes that I have ever ever seen five receptions 56 yards and a touchdown there as well sam laporta four receptions 56 yards there's not a ton that we need to break down here with these receiving options they're all doing pretty well here for an offense that i think is just starting to get rolling let's go over to the other side of the ball here jordan love starting to move up the rankings here for rest of season people were starting to believe they were starting to buy in and that first half was abysmal ends up 246 passing yards a touchdown two interceptions are you concerned about Jordan Love moving forward, or is this just it's a little bit of a hiccup? He's still in that quarterback 15 to 18 range rest of season. He wasn't a top 10 option ever. Yeah, no, I think that's the right range. Derek gets a little excited about Jordan Love, and I, I get it. League leader in ADOT, and he's getting back his top weapon in Christian Watson. We think better days are ahead for Watson as far as health goes. I get the profile that you would like in Jordan Love. I just don't see it. Like The fantasy numbers look fine yesterday because he had the rushing touchdown. He gets a cheap passing touchdown to Watson. Like, I I get the premise behind it, but I just don't buy him as a weekly viable threat. If you want to stream him in a good matchup, like, he's going to get the Bears. He's going to get the Lions again. Like, I get it. He'll play the Vikings. Things like that. There's going to be matchups to where you're on a bye week. Like, bye week start in week five, so we're getting close. But to me, that's his cap. He's not somebody that I'm juggling on a roster with two like I'm not putting him with Justin we had this discussion earlier in the week I'm not rostering him with Justin Fields and thinking that I have a locked in starter between the two of them I I don't think you do all right let's go to the running backs here because this is AJ Dillon is AJ Dillon just droppable at this point like can you we just completely move on from him the production says yes I don't know who you're adding instead of him I mean the running back position gets ugly after about 25 anyway so the thought of dropping somebody who's at least involved in an offense that we think's at least respectable. Like I, I prefer him to like Devin Singletary. Like where are we going who, for who right, you're picking right. up? So I, that's a problem. But there's no way he could be near your starting lineup. They had more incompletions last night than they had rushing attempts. Uh, Aaron Jones comes off of the injury here and nowhere really to be seen in that first half. Only ends up with five carries for 18 yards here. Adds on one reception for minus four yards. Aaron Jones is he someone that we are panicking on after this performance? I don't think you can. Coming off the injury, a weird week, division opponent, a weird score. The game flow kind of got out of hand really quick. I mean, they scored the early field goal, and from there it was curtain. So I'm I'm not too worried about Jones yet. My interest has peaked. I mean, the, a hamstring injury is always a problem, but we did see the big week one against your Bears. I, I Obviously, better days are ahead, but I as bad as A.J. Dillon was, I think that keeps Jones viable right. short term. I mean, Jones can't look that bad. He's a running back, too, for me moving forward. All right, and as far as the receivers here, we had Romeo Dobbs with a nice performance, nine receptions, 95 yards. Jaden Reed adds on three receptions for 55 yards here. Uh, Christian Watson, two receptions, 25 yards, gets the touchdown in his first game of the season. Here's Christian Watson, someone that we are ranking as a top 24 wide receiver moving forward now. I don't think so. I, I'm skeptical on love. I think this offense is going to provide one weekly fantasy viable receiver. With Watson out, Dobbs showed his gall 
Jaden Reed is an option. Like Luke Musgrave is going to have better days when he's healthy. So you've got a bunch of options, I think, fighting for one spot on a weekly basis. Is it going to be Watson? Sure. Is he going to have one of these six for 145-yard games? He is. I don't think it's going to be consistent. Everybody told me this preseason he was the alpha. He's going to be the target earner. Romeo Dobbs kind of looks like that right now. Watson, I don't think he can be locked into the lineups right now. I'm not saying that he won't be and that you might not have better options, but I don't think he's the guy you drafted. Yeah, I think that we need to have a larger sample size before we fully determine whether or not he is into the top 20 wide receivers or outside of the top 40. Right now, he's somewhere in between there. Rest of season, Luke Musgrave, one reception, one yard, did leave with a concussion there. We will continue to monitor that moving forward. All right, let's get to our player props of the week here presented by Superdraft. The NFL keeps rolling, and Superdraft has an exclusive free play to win up to 100 times your entry for PFN listeners. Imagine this. C.D. Lamb, current line is 0.5 receiving yards, but wait, there is more. Sign up now and score an instant $20 deposit bonus on deposits of $20 or more when you use the promo code PFN. Don't miss out on this incredible opportunity to smash a winning player prop entry. Claim your free play and bonus today. Let's get into some of these interesting prop lines here that I came across. Evan Ingram, 46 and a half receiving yards in London. Soppy, where are we going here? Over, under. Give me the over here. He's hit the number in every game this year. Five catches or more in every game. And I think the Jaguars might steamroll this game. We'll get to the pick in a little bit here. But if the Jags are rolling, Trevor Lawrence and the guys finally get going. They hang a 30 spot on them. Evan Ingram's a part of that. I'm going to say like 60, 65 total yards. All right, let's go to Najee Harris here. 55 and a half rushing yards over under there. You're never going to get me to take an over on Najee Harris. I don't care how you do it. Give me the under. It's a good matchup. I get it. But if this is the week, and we're, I feel like we might be saying that every week for like a month until it actually happens. But if this is the week, Jalen Warren could be the guy to take advantage of a plus matchup. I'll go under on Najee Harris. All right, let's keep it rolling. Alexander Madison, 50 and a half rushing yards. Over. Over. He's still the guy there. I'm not worried about Cam Akers eating into this role that's like 80% of the running back touches in Minnesota. Okay, if he eats in and it goes down to 75, I don't care. That's a big enough big enough workload to go over this number. Uh, AJ Brown got uh, back on the right track here last week. 72 and a half receiving yards. I really fear that that Eagle situation might turn into the 49ers receivers sooner than later, but I'll go under cautiously thinking that they can run the ball here and have some success that way but you would think that it wouldn't be that because it's such a narrow receiving tree would literally just aj brown Devontae <laughs> smith and guys, dallas yeah, goddard I but yeah. yes i think that i think that you're on the right track there uh gabe davis final one here 42 and a half receiving yards over or under you got to go over and everything that's related to that game, don't you? I mean, that's that yep. could be one catch for Gabe. We saw him one catch last week, and he almost got there. So I will go over for Gabe Davis, even though I'm not overly optimistic on that matchup, but over in everything Miami-Buffalo related. Yes, uh, we will get to that game here in just a second. Sign up now and score an instant $20 deposit bonus on deposits of $20 or more when you use the promo code PFN at Superdraft. Find the link to download the Superdraft app right here in your YouTube or podcast description. All right, we are going to get into every single game here from a fantasy standpoint. Hopefully, every single player. We will see how long this podcast ends up being. If we do not get to a player that you have on your roster that you had a question about, you can find it over in the week four cheat sheet over at pfnfantasy.com. 20,000 plus words here from Kyle Sapi every single week, breaking down the upcoming matchups here and the players within them. This is where you need to be. Additionally, 
you are going to want to check this new tool out that we have here at PFN. News.pfnfantasy.com. The link is right here in mm -hmm. your podcast or YouTube show description. Bookmark it. The news tracker. Bookmark it. If you are super busy, you can't listen to everything that we talk about here on the podcast. This is what you need to be checking every single day to make sure that you get the latest news and information. Guys, there's stuff coming through here that we pay attention to like every single, you know, beat reporter, all these different things that we we observe as much information as we can and there's still stuff that we're learning about from this news tracker mm -hmm. absolutely incredible tool there so news.pfnfantasy.com again the link for that can be found right here in your show description let's go to london baby falcons versus jaguars jaguars minus three in this one let's break down the quarterbacks here desmond ritter nope uh trevor lawrence though trevor lawrence having a couple uh having a bit of a rough start to this season here is trevor lawrence within your top 12 quarterbacks on the week here in this matchup yeah, it's quarterback seven for me. I am not worried in the least. They've had drop problems. We saw from Calvin Ridley last week. We've seen it all season to some degree. They've had some health issues. Zay Jones is banged up. Kirk didn't, he was healthy, but hardly played in week one. This team, when they get rolling, they are going to get rolling in a big way. And I want to be on board when that happens. It could very well be one of these next two games in London for them. Give me all the Jags. It's, it's a recording of this preseason. Give me all the Jags. I think this is a good spot for them. Trevor Lawrence, a top 10 guy, easy for me. Trevor Lawrence at QB 10 on the week for me. I do have a little bit more concern than you do, but that was that's carrying over from the preseason where you are all in. Uh, would you go Trevor Lawrence or would you go Brock Purdy here this week up against the Arizona Cardinals? Lawrence, the same concerns with Purdy that we had for Dak last week, although it didn't, it paid off in a backwards kind of way. We were worried about game script for Dak last week. It, the game script was fine. They were losing all game, but... Right. No, I, I, Brock Purdy's fine if you want your 17 points, which there's nothing wrong with that. I want to aim for the higher ceiling Trevor Lawrence for me all day over Purdy this week. All right, at the running back position here, Bijan Robinson is in your starting lineups. RB3 on the week for me, zero concern with a little bit of a down performance last week. Tyler Algier, we talked about him last week, didn't exactly live up to expectations. Is he someone that you can look at as a flex option here in this matchup? I think you can. I've got him at running back 34. He's in that conversation with the Pittsburgh guys, with the Chicago guys. Like if you're not comfortable in one of those backfields, and I get it if you're not, and you want to go and chase 10 to 15 touches, like it's viable. I don't think he, the problem with Algier isn't the touch count, isn't the role. It's that I don't think he's going to score a lot because when they're in close, A, Ritter actually throws the ball on occasion to Pitts or London, like you can go that direction or Bijan's going to get the running back snaps. So I do worry about the upside from a scoring equity standpoint. But yeah, he's a top 35 guy for me, a viable flex. I, I said I had Bijan Robinson at RB3. I have Travis Etienne at RB4. Zero questions here with firing him up here in this matchup. Tank oh, Bigsby, so not someone that we should be looking at, but a fine option to stash off of the waiver wire going into this one if you do have some space. It is that time of the week where we talk about whether or not we can start Drake London in our fantasy football matchups here. Drake London, is he a top 30 wide receiver for you this week? No, no. I don't know how you can go there with him. I'd rather start Algier. Like, at least I know I'm getting the touches. Drake London is a fine player. Don't get me wrong there. And I don't want, don't aggregate this and me saying Drake London bad. He's a bad fantasy option because he's not getting consistent looks and not getting quality looks in this offense i don't trust a single pass catcher i'd rather start both running backs over any pass catcher i said on the start sit podcast that drake london is now turning into the Najee harris of wide receivers sure. which is that <laughs> if he does not score a touchdown you are very disappointed that you started him drake london at wide receiver 44 on the week for me 
going into this matchup. Calvin Ridley, a little bit of coming back down to earth here. He looked like he was going to be a potential league winner in week one with what he did the past two weeks, kind of can crash him back down to earth a little bit. We talked about him on the Start Sit podcast here. You're still starting him, but just a little bit further down the rankings of what he has been in the past. Christian Kirk. Christian Kirk, is he in your starting lineups this week if Zay Jones misses? As of right now, I have not heard the status of Zay Jones going into this one, but let's just say Zay Jones is out for this one. Is Christian Kirk in your starting lineups? I'll make it easy for you. I've got him as a top 25 guy without Jones kind of projected in. He's still going to be inside my top 30 if Jones plays. I think he has a role in this offense that can succeed in this spot. I think Trevor Lawrence is thrown for close to 300 yards. If you know, a third of that even goes to Calvin Ridley. You're still got plenty of leftover baggage here. I think they score upwards of 30 points. Kirk, he's been bizarro, Ridley. We saw Ridley succeed early, fail lately. Yeah. Kirk, hardly involved in week one. He's been succeeding lately. I think that trend continues across the pond. All right, let's go to the tight end position here. We talk about him every single week, Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts leading the Falcons in receiving guards last week, which is great to see, but it still wasn't great for fantasy. Is he someone that you are starting as a top 12 option? No, no, he's not. I don't know how you can. I mean, I, if you have him, I guess you have to play him because you're likely not rostering two tight ends. But there's a lot of guys I have ahead of him now that I didn't this preseason. All right. We look at Evan Ingram here as tight end seven in the rankings for me. Definitely someone that I am comfortable starting here yet again. Let's make a pick here. Jaguars minus three. Where are you going here? Jags. Jags by double figures. I think this is a good spot for them to prove my preseason hype, I'm not going to put everybody on blast there, but my preseason hype on the Jags, accurate. Jags in a big way, and I need to get some, I need to catch catch up here. I'm five games back. Jags, I think you're going to pick the same way, though. Oh, yeah. Thank you for mentioning that. I forgot to discuss that here before we got right into matchup breakdowns. I uh, ATS records here so far is we are picking all of these games here on Fridays. I am 23 and 19, 23, 19 uh, so far on the year. Safi, you okay. are at 18, 24, 18 and 24 here. So you got some ground to make up. Let's see if you can do it here. I'm going to go Jaguars here as well. I do think that the talent gap between these two teams is significant. If we do see Jacksonville get right here, which is essentially a home game for them. They perform historically very well in London. I do think that we will see the Jags get out in front. And if we saw last week that if the Falcons fall behind, it is essentially pretty much over at that point. Let's move to Miami Dolphins at the Buffalo Bills here for this one. Bills minus two and a half here, a 53 and a half point over under Let's talk about the quarterbacks here. Both of them will group them together. Tua Tungavailoa, Josh Allen. Are they both top 10 options for you this week? Yeah, I don't know how you avoid it. I mean, this game's going to be played in the mid-50s. you got to take the over on everything. We talked about it in the props, but I think that is the play here. There's no... Those guys are viable starting options as it is on a consistent basis, playing against one another. I get that the defenses have some respective upside, but I'm siding with the volume, with how these offenses operate. Give me both guys and basically everything attached to them this week. Yeah, Josh Allen at QB1 on the week for me, Tua Tungabaloa at QB6 on the week for me. Both these guys definitely worth starting. Let's talk about the running backs here. For the Miami Dolphins, Raheem Mostert at this point. Let's just, we'll, we'll take them one at a time. Raheem Mostert, where does he land in your rankings going into this tougher matchup against the Buffalo Bills defense? It's not a great matchup, but I think the volume's going to be there. We've seen the explosion. So he's a top 15 guy for me, again, in a higher scoring offense. The only concern I have this week is that the Bills could control the clock here. If that's the case, then a pass-heavy offense, and you're taking the running backs. We'll get into it in a minute here with the rookie that I'm not as high on as the public seems to be. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think you're playing Mostert because he's going to get the 
lead role in an offense that we think scores 30. Raheem Mostert currently at RB10 on the week for me. So I am starting him here. I'm not leaving him on my bench just with the potential upside that he presents week in and week out. Devon A-Chain, fantastic to see what he did here this past week. Barely anyone started him in fantasy football, though. Now going into this one, people are going to be clamoring to pick up the guy or to put the guy into the starting lineup that they spent 75% of their fab. I put out a poll or a, a tweet earlier this week asking how much fab Devon A-Chain went in their league and some of the responses were just absolutely astronomical and ridiculous devon a chain where does he land in the rankings for you a chan i'm I'm surprised i'm the one getting that right i was Mm -hmm. so it took me forever to get the raiders city correct like (laughs) so i'm gonna be the one correcting you on the name i did not have that the san diego we'll talk about the san diego chargers here in a minute sure (laughs) yeah uh, in the road game against the oakland raiders um So yeah, he's he's outside my top 25. I'm not super comfortable starting him. My concerns for Mostert reign true here in the same spot. I just don't know how many running back touches they're going to be for Miami in a game where they're underdogs and a game going against the third best team in terms of time of possession this season. I don't know how you can... Derek said he was penciling him for 10 to 14 touches. To me, that might even be optimistic. But if he gets 10, 11, 12 touches, are you really thinking he can bust the big runs he did last week and be a top 25 guy to me there's more risk than reward i get all the excitement coming off the big game and it's well warranted and i think he deserved being picked up off of waivers with a decent fab bid here but man this is a pass first offense and i don't think that it's going to be a run heavy script that's that's a tough sell for me Devon Achan at running back 27 hey. on the week for me. So I am in agreement there where he's just outside of that top 24 territory. Someone that you can play as a flex option, right? Someone that does, I talked about this on the waiver wire podcast, someone that brings that upside where you can plug him into your flex and he could easily push your lineup over the top. All it takes is one sure. long run for him, one handoff for him to be able to, you know, push your fantasy lineup over the top. However, we just don't have that volume just yet. We might get clarity on that here in this game. We might get clarity, but I'm not confidently starting him here moving forward. Uh, let's go to the Bills side of things here. James Cook. James Cook, is he someone that you are confidently starting here this week? Yeah, I mean, he's getting... He's he's like the pretty girl that has a little zit on her face. Like, you see this little flaw, but it doesn't ruin what we're looking at as the whole here. James Cook has a great profile, great skill set. He's just not getting the carries inside the tent. Like that's a zit that's you know worth noting, but it's not you're not casting him aside for that. It's a concern moving forward for his upside for DFS for all that good stuff. But in terms of a season long league, he's he's easily a starter given the role, the volume, and the explosive nature. RB twenty nine finish in week one, RB eleven finish in week two, and RB eighteen, and that is all while scoring zero touchdowns. So if we do get yeah. him to break away one long run then we're looking at him potentially pushing that lineup or that fantasy lineup over the top. Let's go to the wide receivers here. This is going to be, I mean, we'll just fly through these. Tyree Kill, Jalen Waddle, you're starting them. Jalen Waddle cleared from concussion protocol. He will play here this week. You're starting both of them because of the upside that they present. Stefan Diggs, you are starting him. Zero questions asked. Gabe Davis, we talked about him in the Super Draft Player Props of the Week segment. Is Gabe Davis a top 30 wide receiver for you or at least someone that you want to get into your starting lineups because... Again, a 53 and a half point over under in this one. Yeah, I've got him up there. He's top 30 pretty easily for me this week. Again, if you're throwing darts at the flex position, which a lot of people are, if you're going, we just talked about Tyler Algier. Algier. Like if you're throwing him in there for like a garbage, not garbage, but like a boring 13 touches, I'll take six targets from Gabe Davis in a game like this over a role like that for Algier. So it's more, 
it's more of who he's being considered against. I don't think he's going to put up some massive target share and offer safe value, but the one play upside in a game that's going to be high scoring against other flex options that are lucky to have any upside and you're just kind of targeting mid-average roles and it's like, oh, maybe he can get me 8 to 10 points. Gabe Davis is the type that could get you 15 in a hurry. So Gabe Davis, a nice flex play for me. Davis, obviously last week, four targets, one reception, 35 yards. It did go for the touchdown. It is worth noting that one of those other targets was an end zone target that he did step out by. He just missed that touchdown Mm. by half of a foot. So that's something to note here too, that that could have been a very dominant performance for Gabe Davis in a game where they won. What was the final of that one? 37 to three. We don't expect that to be the case here. We expect more volume for Gabe Davis in this one. Uh, Let's go Gabe Davis here or Adam Thielen uh, for the Carolina Panthers going up against his former team, the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, one of a million revenge games this week, but give me Gabe Davis. I don't think what we saw from Adam Thielen last week is here to stay if it's not Andy Dalton under center. And even if it is, I don't think, what do you throw the ball? 58 times? Like we saw this with Mac Jones early in the season where it was a big volume game and everybody's like Kendrick Bourne's doing things and your guy Hunter Henry's posting top two finishes. Some of that's going to regress to the mean when you have a quarterback that you don't want throwing the ball that often. So give me Gabe Davis in an offense that wants to air it out. Would you go Gabe Davis or another wide receiver that has started to emerge in an offense that does want to air it out? Tank Dell for the Houston Mm. Texans up against the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm a little skeptical on Dell. Like, let's pump the brakes a little bit. He's still, he might be an outlier. He might be Tyreek Hill 2.0. But guys at that size just don't succeed a ton. Houston, like you said, throwing the ball a ton, which I'm good with. But I trust the upside profile more of Davis just... No, by no fault of Tank Dell. We just have three years of seeing it from Davis. If he's going to hit, he's going to hit big in a competitive game. I trust Josh Allen more than CJ Stroud, yada, yada, yada. So give me Gabe Davis in that spot. All right, the tight ends here, Dalton Kincaid and Dawson Knox, either of them in your starting lineups. We're get, To me, Kincaid kind of feels like this Jalen Warren, Najee Harris thing. Like it's only a matter of time until he starts out-targeting, out-earning Knox at like a 65-35 clip or something along those lines. If that happens this week, we're looking at a top six or seven tight end because of the atmosphere in this game. I'm not saying it will happen, but the fact that it could has him high enough to be in my top 12 this week and of consideration. If you are if you roster him, you're probably playing him. All right, let's make a pick here. Bills minus two and a half. Where are you going in this one? Love that it's under a field goal. I'll lay the points here with the Bills. I think they can control the clock. You know, you could copy-paste my assessment of the Broncos against the Dolphins. and I, Oh, yeah, they're going to – Javante Williams, he looks good. They can they could probably melt some time off the clock. Nope, not even close. But I do trust the Bills a little bit more than the Broncos. So give me the Bills by a touchdown. I made fun of myself after week one of the New York Giants-Dallas Cowboys where I was like, the Giant. you know, my analysis going into that one was the Giants can keep it close. Like, this will be, I've got a gut feeling, and they lost 40 by nothing. 40. Uh, you said the Broncos against the Dolphins, and they lost, they by, lost 50, by 50. So I at least have that, I at least have that off my back. I'm going to go the Dolphins here. Uh, I think that this, I mean, how can okay. I not go with the team that just put up 70 total points? This offense looks unstoppable, and they did that without one of their best wide receivers in the lineup. So I understand... I think this one's going to be close, but I will go with the Dolphins here for this one. Uh, let's go, man, the high, high of the Dolphins and the Bills yeah, no to the absolute low lows of the Denver Broncos at the Chicago Bears in this one. Broncos minus three. Let's talk about the quarterbacks here because I do think that we need to spend some time. Russell Wilson going up against this Bears defense. Is he someone that you can look at here as a streaming option? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I the question is, why are you streaming at this point? I guess that would be 
an issue if you have Justin Fields. I do have him over Justin Fields. So if that's the spot you're in, if you came into the season streaming for whatever reason, that's an option. I've got him at quarterback 13. So he is an option, but it's more that it's more the matchup than anything. I get back-to-back 300-yard games. That doesn't happen if the Hail Mary in week two doesn't connect. So it is what it is there, but they're getting a little more healthy. We saw him run in week two, not run in week three. I think the the latter's more of what you can expect, not the former. So that concerns me. I don't see a great upside profile, but he's playing the Bears. Not that they're scoring 50 points, but would it surprise you if they got to the mid-20s? And I'm not going to say that about the Broncos on any kind of consistent basis. Let's talk about Justin Fields here. Uh, fantasy managers are absolutely ready to cut bait, move on from Justin Fields, and I do not blame them. I still have Justin Fields at QB 11 on the week here just simply because of the matchup. Now, if this was a tougher matchup, Justin Fields would be outside of my top 15 quarterbacks on the week, which just feels crazy to say, especially what we were considering coming into the year. So Justin Fields, where does he land in the rankings for you this week? Yeah, he's outside my top 15. I mean, I've got him at 17. I don't feel great about it because the profile is still there. Everything we fell in love is still true. It's not as if he's no longer athletic. And like you said, the matchup is just fine. But right now, betting against Chicago, not a bad way to go about living. I'm going to live that way and take my chances on a guy like Jameis Winston if you have to stream. If you have to stream in this game, Russell Wilson, I think, offers more upside. But I get it. I get where you're going. Mike Clay's got the same take. He's got him as a top 10 guy easily this week. I understand where it's coming from. I just can't do it. I can't imagine clicking the button, sliding him into the lineup and be like, oh yeah, I'm ready for Sunday. I'm rolling with Justin Fields right now who didn't throw for 100 yards last week. Uh, I'll let you know how it goes because I got to do it in several of my leagues based on the way that uh, I'm married to him at this point. Uh, As we look at here, the running backs, we look at the running backs here for this game. Javante Williams, is he someone that you can play as a top 20 option? I think so. He's taking over this backfield, and if we think the game script is going to work in their favor, they lost by 50, and they're a road favorite here. So I think Javante Williams, he's been getting the volume. Like, Samaji Piran seems like an accent piece more than an actual threat to any kind of committee situation that we thought might happen this summer. So give me Javante Williams. We know the talent's there. He had a 15-yard catch and run in bo- and for the first time in his career last week. If that sort of versatility presents itself against a I insert adjective bears defense, then I'm going with it. Dominant bears defense. Wow. Okay. Uh, as we that, look at that, that's a word. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a word. Uh, as we look at the bears running backs here, Khalil Herbert, Roshan Johnson, neither of them in your starting lineups. Correct. Nope. Okay. Correct. Let's keep rolling here. Then wide receivers, Jerry, Judy, Cortland Sutton for the Denver Broncos, even Marvin Mims. We can kind of group all three of these together as we talk about them. It's a great matchup. Are any of these in your starting lineup? I think Judy and Sutton are on the fringes and of interest. Jerry Judy actually cracks my top 24, so I'm penciling him in in all formats. Sutton, I said it this summer, I don't think the gap between these two is kind of what the public perceives here. So I think both are viable. Marvin Mims, I got to see my guy on the field a little bit more before I'm buying into that. He's a good guy that in week eight, when you're struggling with injuries and bye weeks, then throw him in. Not a guy I'm doing sans bye weeks or really significant injuries. If you, I don't know... I, I, I'm not a doctor, so I can't rule out or rule in these guys, but it doesn't seem like we have a lot of injuries that are going to threaten status this week, so I'm I'm out on Marvin Mims. All right, would you go Cortland Sutton here this week or Tutu Atwell, the wide receiver for the Los Angeles Rams, up against the Indianapolis Colts? I've got Sutton two spots higher. I think you're in the right range here, and I both are viable on a flex kind of way. Tutu, the size worries me a little bit over time, but they clearly 
view him as their big play threat and they want to get him the ball. We saw it with the short touchdown on Monday night that they can scheme up some things. Like the Rams can get creative. It's not all Puka Nakua. So I like both. Don't get me wrong, but I will go Sutton because you asked me to pick one. All right. Would you go Cortland Sutton here or DJ Moore in this same game? Sutton. Okay, you're not getting me to bet on the Bears. You're not getting me to bet on the Steelers running backs. Like, there's some things you just can't get me to do, Kyle Yates, and that's one of them. So I'm going Sutton there. All right, let's fly through the rest of the Bears options here as we look at DJ Moore, Darnell Mooney, Cole Komet, any of these guys within your starting lineup here this week, or we got to see it here from this Bears offense before we can begin to think about them. You got to see it before you can believe it. The only guy even on your roster right now at this point between these guys is DJ Moore. And to me, he's in the DeAndre Hopkins bucket where it's like this offense, I don't care what your target share is. Those targets don't count for anything. You can get every target in adjusted fields. If he literally had every passing yard, I'm not sure he was a wide receiver. He wasn't a top 15 guy last week. So no, I'm, I'm out on Moore right now. He's outside my top 35. All right, let's make a pick here for this one. Broncos minus three. I will let you pick first. <sighs> the Bears let me down, or the Broncos let me down in a big way. I, I'm taking the Bears again. I mean, they, that was such a stupid pick last week, and I'm going to go back to the well because I made stupid picks on both these teams last week, but you're giving me points at home, and more importantly, these are the Broncos laying points, which is concerning. I Here's the strategy. Here's what I was thinking about this last night as I was doing some prep for this pod. I'm going to bet okay. against the Bears every single week here, for what, this podcast yeah, that's what i do with the packers <laughs> so that yeah. way if i if they get it if they don't live up to expectations they lose then hey guess what like i won against soppy if they <laughs> beat the spread then i'm happy like that means that they probably won and as a bears fan i'm at least if we find that weird gap in between where they don't win the game but they beat the spread then i'll probably still just be depressed either way but I don't think that that's happening anytime soon. Uh, let's go Ravens yeah. at the Browns here. Browns minus three in this one, just a 41 point over under. As we look at the quarterbacks here, Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson. Is Lamar Jackson in your starting lineups here this week? And Deshaun Watson, you talked about him on the Start Sit podcast. Having a little bit of concern, you would have him outside of your top 12 quarterbacks this week. Yeah, so enough from Lamar. I think he's trending in the right way in this Todd Monken-led offense. They're, I don't trust him to run the ball a ton with the running backs. He was running the ball. He's getting those short passes. Like, it's not exciting. Low dot throws, but maybe that's the way to beat Cleveland. This defense and that pass rush is pretty scary. So, Lamar Jackson, easily a top 10 guy for me. Deshaun, outside my top 12, like you said. He did get right last week. Don't get me wrong. I liked what I saw. And moving forward, as we get into October, November, that's encouraging. But Tennessee and Baltimore, two very different defenses. The Titans, they are what they are. They're a pass funnel. He took advantage. That's great. Show it to me. Prove it to me on a bigger stage. Deshaun Watson, I will be willing to buy stock in him if he does something this week. I'm not buying it going into this week. All right. At the running back position here, we got Gus Edwards. Uh, the other options in this backfield is it looks like Justice Hill, Justice Hill is going to miss yet another week here with that toe injury. It is Melvin Gordon. It's Kenyon Drake. So Gus Edwards, from a volume perspective, probably should be a decent play here. But you mentioned the matchup up against the Cleveland Browns. Is Gus Edwards outside of the top 24 running backs on the week for you? Yeah, I've got him at running back 29. So he's in that flex conversation. Again, we're going to go back to Algier and Atlanta. Spots like that. The volume, like you said, will be there. I trust Lamar to put this team in scoring position a little bit more than I do Ritter in Atlanta. So if you're drawing the straws between those two, thoughts and prayers to your lineup. But still, I would go Edwards in a spot like that. He's efficient. Like We have a track record of him being efficient. So you give me efficiency plus volume, it's... 
it's a good process play, but the, like you said, the matchup's not great. All right, Jerome Ford last week, two touchdowns here, but only 12 touches for 51 total yards. Not exactly what we hope to see uh, in his first stint uh, with Nick Chubb out of the lineup here. Do we have any concern about Jerome Ford this week with Kareem Hunt? Obviously, Kareem Hunt was at, back on the roster for like four days before that game. <laughs> Do we have any concern here that he starts to see his snap count increase and we start to see more of an, an even split here? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the concerns, the writing's on the wall. Like, you listen to what the team is telling you. They brought in Kareem Hunt, they played him on short rest, and he only had 14 snaps, but he had eight opportunities to touch the ball on 14 snaps. That tells me when he's on the field, they're trying to get him the rock. And if that snap count increases, obviously he's not going to get an opportunity on half of his snaps, but the point remains that they're comfortable with him. They brought him in, so they don't view Jerome Ford as Nick Chubb 2.0. No, should they? But I have Ford right now as a top 30 guy. He's a nice flex option. I have him over Gus Edwards but not by a ton. The lack of efficiency last week scared me. The touchdowns are nice, though. Would you go Jerome Ford or Devon Achan in this one? Ford. You're gonna. We're going to have so many anti-Achan. Like, there's going to be clips playing back. They're going to be yeah. sent to my bosses. They're going to really start to question what they did hiring me. So <laughs> we could have problems here if Achan goes bonkers again, but I'll go Ford in that spot. Would you go Jerome Ford or Rashad White up against the New Orleans Saints? I'm going white there. I, they, they're going to need go. to run the ball. I don't trust them to throw to Mike Evans. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to ask one more. Jerome Ford or uh, would you go Isaiah Pacheco up against the New York, New York Jets on Sunday Night Football? It's funny. I have White and Pacheco ranked next to each other. So when I looked at my ranks, I'm like, oh, yeah, White over Ford. I'm like, I know where he's going after this. <laughs> Give me Isaiah Pacheco. He's been the guy who's been tackled on the one or scored in every game this week or every game this season. Pacheco over Ford for me. I've got Isaiah Pacheco at RB22 on the week, Jerome Ford at RB25, and then Rashad White at RB28. Let's move into the wide receivers here. We look at the Baltimore wide receivers here. Zay Flowers, Odell Beckham Jr., missing practice yet again with an ankle injury. Rashad Bateman dealing with some hamstring tightness. We don't know if he's going to be available for this one. If both of those wide receivers are out for Baltimore, Odell Beckham Jr. and Rashad Bateman, where would Zay Flowers land in the rankings for you? Yeah, he's in the mid-20s, kind of either way. I'm not too threatened by OBJ or Bateman in this offense. My concerns are more that the low ADOT targets, so, I mean, he's they're efficient. Like, he's going to catch a high percentage of his targets, and he's going to start to see that target share increase. We saw it decline once Andrews came back, but I think as everything gets kind of ironed out, he will be in a 20 23% target share rate, which is going to be fine. It's going to be efficient. I prefer him in PPR formats because of that low ADOT, but... He's a high floor guy for me. He's going to break some of these screen passes into big plays. But for me right now, Zay Flowers is a good flex play, low end wide receiver too. All right. As we look at the Brown side of things here, Amari Cooper, Elijah Moore, where do these guys land in the rankings for you? I prefer Amari Cooper to Elijah Moore, but your guy, Elijah Moore, like he's, he's showing something here. He's in my top 30. Like, I will do that even in a week that I'm not overly confident on Watson. The targets are there. The role is there. The consistent spot on the field. Like, we know what he's going to do. Kind of like Zay Flowers. I think he's a similar option to Zay Flowers as far as the limited upside. But the targets, man, you can't, you can't deny that. They're not throwing to anybody else. If Kareem Hunt works more into this offense, could that take food off his plate? Maybe not betting on it quite yet. Still in that flex conversation for me. Seven targets for uh, Elijah Moore in week one, nine targets, nine targets each of the past two weeks yeah. here. 
for Elijah Moore. We are trending in the right direction. He is currently, though, a little bit lower in the rankings for me. I have him at wide receiver 39. So I am a little bit more concerned with Elijah Moore here. Even though he's getting the targets, it has not equated to top 30 production just yet, but I am encouraged. Uh, at the tight end position, Mark Andrews is in your starting lineups here just because of the upside. And then David Njoku really has been kind of hit or miss so far this year. Is he someone that you are looking to start still as a top 10 option, or is it just we're starting to David Njoku because we really don't have many other better options. Yeah. You said he's been kind of hit or miss and that's kind of the story for like 85% of tight ends. Like that's just kind of the nature of the position. We're talking about a guy that had a 26% target share in these matchups last season. That's enough to encourage me to play him as a top 12 guy. Again, if you got him start him because you're, you shouldn't be holding two tight ends. I'm mad. I have to start one. So I'm not excited about having one on my roster, let alone two. If you've got them, you're playing them. All right, let's go and make a pick here. As we look at this one, Browns minus three. Where are you going in this one? Give me the points. I think these games are going to be close. That's just the nature of how this division plays. I'll take the points in a team. That I think it's a coin flip game. So if you're giving me points with the better quarterback and a creative offense, that is the side I will go. I will go Ravens here as well. These are always ones that you just never know how tight these games are going to be with the AFC nope. North, the super low scoring games. So if you are giving me the points, I will go the Ravens there as well. All right, let's move into Bengals versus the Titans here. Bengals minus two and a half for this one. Let's talk about Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow, we joked on the, was it the Start Sit podcast that the preseason is now behind him uh, as he yeah, is now three yeah. games into the year. Now we can finally get into the regular season here for Joe Burrow. Obviously still dealing with that calf injury, not 100% here, but we did see some encouraging signs from Burrow here this week. Based on the matchup, is Burrow in your starting lineups as a top 12 quarterback this week? Oh yeah, he's quarterback 10 for me. I'm ready to go. If Joe Burrow is ready to go, I am. They dropped him back 49 times. He threw 49 passes and we weren't sure he was going to play. So that tells me the team is at least comfortable putting him in a spot to succeed, whether it's play calling, whether it's quick, getting the ball out. He threw over 52% of his passes to his top two targets. To me, that's a huge indicator against the Titans defense that we just saw Deshaun Watson pick apart. So I think he's a strong play here. He's a good DFS guy. I'm liking going that direction because there's going to be so much exposure in the Bills-Dolphins game. So give me Burrow, Chase, Higgins is a nice DFS stack, and I think he pays off across the board here. Joe Burrow at QB nine on the week for me, as we look at the upcoming, we talked about this on the, uh, the start sit podcast with Burrow, but the look at the next three matchups is Tennessee, Arizona, and Seattle for Burrow. If we do start to see some really I positive, know. encouraging yep. signs from Burrow, like we're back into that top six conversation for the, uh, for the Cincinnati Bengals quarterback here moving forward. And you get, go out and acquire him right now, like go by low yes. before we get these next three positive matchups here for Burrow. He does have, he has had some pretty tough matchups to begin the year all while not being exactly hundred percent. Ryan Tannehill, do not get him anywhere near your starting lineups. Let's talk about Joe Mixon here. Is Mixon a top 10 option for you in the rankings this week? Sure is. We had him there this preseason and I'm standing by it. I mean, I think this Bengals defense can succeed and that carries over to Mixon. He's going to be just fine. He's the one guy that we haven't seen really have, as many peaks and valleys as some of the receivers and Burrow in this offense. So yeah, he's running back eight for me. No concerns. All right. The other side of the ball here, Derrick Henry, where does Derrick Henry land in the rankings after a very disappointing week three? Yeah, this is tough, man. I, I got a text from my brother this week. He's like, I heard you're like, you're not scared of the matchup for James Conner. So He's asking me James Conner in a terrible matchup or Derrick Henry. And I had to think about it. Like I get the question and I get where we're going here. The, the lack of creativity on this offense, the lack of efficiency, he's just outside my top 12, which 
sounds like a lock starter that I'm comfortable with, but considering he was like running back four, two weeks ago, right. I'm not as confident as I once was. I don't think the efficiency is going to be there because nobody respects this passing game. I know that there are going to be a lot of people that play in eight team leagues that are listening to this 10 team leagues, and they're going to scoff at this question. However, there are people that legitimately have to make this decision. So bear with me, Derek Henry or Zach Moss here in week four, Zach Moss going up against yeah, the Los I've Angeles got- Rams. Yeah, I've got Henry just a few spots higher, but it's the right question. Like, that is crazy. And Zach Moss was 100% just picked off of waivers in those leagues. And Derrick Henry was probably your second-round pick. Like, I I get the concern, but not being married to your takes. Like, entertaining that thought is a good, like, fantasy football practice. Even though I'm going Henry over Moss, the idea that you should be, like, custom to thinking that that's a possibility. It's the same with Justin Fields. Like, you spent this draft capital on him. That doesn't matter anymore. What you spent in August isn't impacting your October matchup. Yep. All right. At the wide receiver position here, I've got Jamar Chase at wide receiver five on the week. T Higgins at wide receiver 18. This uh, matchup here up against the Tennessee Titans. We've already broken that down from a passing perspective. Get both these guys into starting lineups here this week. Confidently DeAndre Hopkins, Traylon Burks, the other side of the ball are either of these guys top 36 plays on the week. No, I don't get how they can be. I just compared Nuke to Drake London, and I was angry with him. And Desmond Ritter might be a better quarterback than Ryan Tannehill at this point. I just oh. don't know how you can get there. I Yeah, I don't know. We're splitting hairs here between quarterback 28 and 29 or whatever. But, uh, yeah, no, I don't think you can go that direction with these guys with any sense of hope. Like, you're just banking on the target share. But, like, if, if I'm e- – you know, what ta- you know what the target share is for Hopkins? It's like eating a bunch of cookies and saying, oh, yeah, I'm eating – stuff i want to get healthier it's like well you're not eating anything healthy how do you expect to get healthier deandre hopkins isn't seeing healthy targets how do you expect him to produce for you he's not a top 36 guy for me no wide receiver 61 and wide receiver 59 finishes in half ppr scoring formats here the past two weeks for deandre hopkins this offense looks completely broken i agree with you outside of the top 36 for both of them and then chigakonkwo not in the starting lineup as well let's make a pick here Bengals minus two and a half where are we going here I can't dump on the Titans and then pick them over. So give me Joe Burrow and the covering machine that are the Cincinnati Bengals when they're right. I will go Bengals here as well. I cannot, in good confidence, go with the Tennessee Titans after what I saw last week. Los Angeles Rams at the Indianapolis Colts. This one is a pick them in a lot of spots. We'll go with Colts minus one here as the spread, 46 and a half point over under. Let's talk about the quarterbacks here. Matthew Stafford, not someone that we should be feeling confident starting as a top 15 or looking at as a top 15 option in one QB formats. Anthony Richardson, though, will be back here for this week. After clearing concussion protocol, all signs are pointing to him starting here for the Indianapolis Colts. I'm assuming that if Anthony Richardson plays, he is a top eight locked and loaded option for fantasy lineups. That is factually correct. We have seen enough from him. It's not a lower body injury or anything that's going to impact his mobility. Like the concussion is what it is, but he should be back and firing. Like you said, that's kind of the protocol to miss one game. We said Anthony Richardson was a top 10 guy the rest of the way. Before he got hurt, I'm saying it after he got hurt, the floor is just too high. He's Justin Fields with options. So he's Justin Fields 2022. I'm sorry. I guess that that probably needs some hedging there. But he is locked and loaded right now. Uh, What if I told you if we could go back, I get that time machine that I had the other day and I go back and I'm like, Soppy, guess what? In week four, you're going to be ranking Zach Moss and Kyron Williams as top 12 (laughs) options in fantasy football. What would your response be? 
I would have asked how you were like my boss here. Like I don't, I wouldn't have understood where these takes were coming from. I would have been like, no, it's Cam Akers and Jonathan Taylor might be back by then. What are you talking, Zach Moss? Like Deion Jackson. If I have to pick a guy in that, no, it's it's nuts. But that's what fantasy is, and adjusting your priors is as important as anything. Zach Moss at RB twelve on the week. Kyron Williams at RB9. I'm not concerned with what we saw last week with Kyron Williams. We had two really solid performances here from him to begin the year. He's back in my starting lineups for this one. Cooper Cup, obviously still on IR, but I did want to mention him here because uh, we are seeing like some potential reports that he may not be really, really ready to come off of IR as soon as he's eligible after week four. So that is a situation to monitor here as we move forward. Puka Nakua, Tutu Atwell are both of these guys in starting lineups here this week. Yeah, they're, uh, Puka, I have his top 25, 2-2's more top 35, so it's a little bit less so for Atwell than it is for Nakua, but I think both options are viable. I've liked what I've seen from Matthew Stafford. We had a little bit of a hiccup. That's funny. We didn't even, a lot of people didn't know what a Puka Nakua was coming into the season, <laughs> and then he goes, what do you go, 5 for 72 last week, and people are like, oh, man, he's terrible. Right, like, that was a right down now. week. That's really not that bad. You're talking over 12 PPR fantasy points. You're still talking double figures or just about that in half PPR. Like, if that's a worst-case scenario for somebody you didn't know graced this planet a month ago, like, that's not too bad. So, Nakua, I think you're comfortable starting him, and Atwell's not a bad option. They're finding creative ways to get him the rock. Yes, I think last week was a little bit of a hiccup. And if that is a hiccup for Pukunakua and this Rams offense, then yes, sign me up. Pukunakua oh, yeah. at wide receiver 12 on the week for me. I'm very confident getting him back into my starting lineups here this week. Tutu Atwell at wide receiver 32 on the week. Let's go to Michael Pittman Jr. here in this one. Is Pittman, now we talked about his target volume here on a recent podcast, but is Michael Pittman Jr. just locked into starting lineups here at this point, regardless of who the quarterback is? I think he is. He's top 25 guy for me, and that's with relative ease. I don't have to really squint or make it happen. I mean, the volume is just, I don't want to say second to none because he's in a game with Puka Nakua here, but it's up there. It's as high as you're going to see. Yes, I have my questions about Anthony Richardson as a thrower. No, I don't have my questions about his willingness to get Pittman the ball, get the ball in space. It's a low dot role, so those targets are going to be a little bit more valuable just because Anthony Richardson can hit him. He can hit the deep ball, don't get me wrong, but that's where we have questions, and I think he can throw it short accurately, and we know where those passes are going. Michael Pittman Jr. at wide receiver 19 on the week for me. That is ahead of Mike Evans currently, Tyler Lockett, George Pickens, and Christian Kirk. Michael Pittman Jr., a solid yeah. play this week. At the tight end position, Tyler Higby, a DNP on Thursday, so we will monitor that, but not necessarily someone that you were looking to get into your starting lineups. Regardless, let's make a pick here for this one. Colts minus one. Where are you going, my friend? I'll keep betting on Anthony Richardson. Give me the kid that can change the game. I don't think Stafford has that in his bag. So give me Anthony Richardson. Maybe let's give the rookie a last second drive here. Maybe a game-winning field goal or something fun like that. Uh, I will differ from you you here as it has worked pretty well for me up to this point. So I will go with the Rams. And essentially, this is a a pick I'm here. I will go with the Rams for this one. Let's go Buccaneers at the Saints. It is a revenge game narrative, my friend. Saints minus three in this one. I feel like every single Saints game up to this point has been Saints minus three, by the way. I just feel like that has... I, I don't have any data to back that up, but just gut feeling. I feel like that's been the case. Baker Mayfield not in your starting lineups here. Derek Carr looks like he is going to miss this one with that AC sprain. Jameis Winston. Is Jameis Winston a decent option for fantasy managers to look at here going up against his former team? He is. He is because I think what he does well is what this lineup kind of does well with Shahid and Alave on the perimeter. You get Kamara back. Like he's got 
weapons here against a defense that stops the run. Uh, and I don't think the Saints are really going to be all that interested in running the ball without Jamal Williams. We know the secondary up the middle running backs kind of aren't there. Kamara, you can get creative with him in space. James Winston's a top 15 guy for me and ahead of Justin Fields for people stuck in that spot. It's not an easy pill to swallow. And don't get me wrong. He could be quarterback 25 in very short order, but the upside is there. If you're streaming the position, I get it. If you're playing in a GPP on the DFS streets, he makes a lot of sense to pivot and kind of get kind of get cute that way. The Jameis Winston experience is that for those who just were not playing fantasy football when he was the starting quarterback for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is that he could finish as the QB one on the week. He could easily finish at the QB 32 on the week. So just welcome to the Jameis Winston experience. You never know what you're going to get. Buckle up. Buckle this up. is going to be fun. <laughs> uh, at the running back position here, we got Rashad White for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We talked about him earlier. Is he within the top 20 running backs or more of a flex option at this point? Yeah, I think he's kind of the low end running back too, high end flex, depending on where you draw the line with how many teams in your league. I prefer Kamara in this game, but they're both in the same general neighborhood with us not exactly knowing what Kamara's role is. Rashad White, to me, offers enough, uh, enough consistency as far as carry count and targets go. I'm not excited about playing him, and the Saints defense is every bit legit, but he yep. should get enough attempts here in a game that Vegas thinks is going to be close. I think it's going to be higher scoring, but they think it's going to be close. Rashad White is a, I mean, he has been up to this point for me, but is a volume play week in and week out that the yep. volume is there. The efficiency is probably not going to be there. The scoring upside probably not going to be there. RB 28 on the week for me. I have Desha Devon sure. Achan one spot ahead of him. So even though that that total, you know, that touch total might be Rashad White with 20 total touches and Devon Achan with 10. Uh, I do think that Achan's, you know, upside and the potential that he, you know, breaks a long run could easily offset, you know, some of that volume concerns there for Rashad White. So I would personally be going with A-Chan, but that is the conversation that people need to figure out here. Uh, let's go with New Orleans Saints side of the ball here. Alvin Kamara coming off of the suspension. Is Kamara immediately back into starting lineups this week? I think he's got to be. It's hard to get to 25 running backs with feeling good about all of them because I've got Jerome Ford right now is my running back 25. Like, yeah, he's got – he's good. He's all right. But – Right now, I've got Kamara at 16. I feel comfortable. They don't have Jamal Williams. To me, that's a big motivating factor here because you don't have the touchdown vulture. So Kamara could walk into a short touchdown. Of course, the Jameis Winston thing worries me a little bit. Not exactly known for his check down ways, but if he can get Kamara three catches and he gets 12 to 15 carries, like to me, that's enough to be a top 20 running back in a decent spot if he can get it on the perimeter. Would you go Alvin Kamara or Brian Robinson Jr. this week up against the Philadelphia Eagles? Robinson. I, I'm chasing that volume. I believe what Washington did last year when they held the ball for almost 41 minutes against the Eagles is going to be their strategy this week. So to me, I've, I'm chasing the touch count in Robinson. I, I, that dude just runs hard. He does not look like he's fun to tackle. No. Uh, Alvin Kamara or Ramondre Stevenson this week? Kamara. I'm I, Stevenson. Yeesh. He's like... <laughs> He's like a poor man's Derrick Henry. Like Derrick Henry, you're downgrading from what you had, but you still kind of got to start him. Stevenson, I'm not sure is in that class anymore. He's outside my top 15. Give me Kamara in that spot. All right, let's go to the wide receivers here. We talked about Mike Evans here. He's been great to begin the year. Definitely defying expectations there. But Mike Evans historically does not do well up against Marshawn Lattimore and this Saints defense. Where does Mike Evans land in the rankings for you? He's outside my comfort zone. Like, I'm okay benching him. 
1,847 days since the last time he had five or more catches against the Saints. Like, it's terrifying. I get that that's a narrative to some degree, but Marshawn Lattimore is still there. The press coverage is still a thing. And so you're telling me we have to trust Baker Mayfield to break that trend, to put Evans in a position to succeed? That's kind of a terrifying thought for me. He's outside my top 25 rather easily, and I do prefer Godwin in this matchup kind of for the same idea. If Evans is going to struggle, and I think they're going to have to pass, that puts food on Godwin's plate, so I've got him ranked ahead of Evans this week, which is not usually how I have it. All right, let's find that line. Would you go Mike Evans or Garrett Wilson this week up against the Kansas City Chiefs? Hmm. Let me check the ranks here. I am not excited about playing either. I have Evans higher. That's not... That's not any confidence in Evans, but it's a lot of negative against that of Garrett Wilson. Would you go Mike Evans or Jacoby Myers with potentially Brian or Axel Hoyer throwing him the ball? Axel, my guy, Axel Hoyer. What's not to like there? I I will go Myers because that's what I do. Staying consistent, stop him. Staying consistent. Uh, we talked about Chris Godwin. We're stubborn, in- you know. Say, <laughs> call him. Like we talked about him in that segment there. Chris Godwin at wide receiver. Where did he land? Twenty-two on the week for me. Definitely an option that you can look at, especially as a solid and safe floor in full PPR formats. The Saints wide receivers. We obviously do have the quarterback shift here in this one. If it goes from Derek Carr to Jameis Winston, are we starting Chris Olave, Michael Thomas? with you know chris olave i think is in starting lineups he's a locked and safe option we don't need to talk about him let's talk about michael thomas and rashid shaheed though where do those guys land in the rankings for you they're both in the high 20s low 30s range for me and i wouldn't blame you for going shaheed over thomas in a spot like this with a quarterback like this that's gonna take chances down the field we know shaheed has it in his profile of course with that comes zero catches on two targets like what we saw last week so if you need floor like, if you're the favorite in your matchup, I'm definitely playing Michael Thomas at my flex over a guy like Shahid. But if you're a 10, 12, 20 point underdog, like give me Shahid. We could see six catches for a buck 20 and a score very easily with Jameis Winston under center. So that's kind of my read on it. If I'm playing DFS, I prefer Shahid just for the upside. All right. At the tight end position here, we got to talk about him. Taysom Hill. Is Taysom Hill someone that you are at least entertaining the thought of starting here in this one? Potentially with an increased workload, no Derek Carr, Jameis Winston, or is this someone, just stay away. I mean, in a perfect world, I would love to tell you to stay away because that's what my heart wants. It's the percentage play, but the fact of the matter is that he could see increased work in the backfield, whether it's taking snaps or next to Winston. So it's, it's terrifying. But he's a top five guy on DraftKings right now for this week on the main slate. Like, and that just stood out to me off the jump, but I get it. Like, if he throws three passes, gets five carries, and sees three targets, that's going to be a top 10 tight end. I don't care what you think of him. That spot is going to be worth it. Of course, he, he might not get that. And maybe they just go YOLO, James Winston, let's see what you got in a revenge spot. So I don't have him locked in as a starter, but I certainly get the math. And if you're streaming the position, you could do far worse. Man, I so desperately want them to be like just Jolo or Jolo, Jameis Winston, Yolo, like just let it go, let him dominate this one. I just want to see what happens. It's been so long since I've seen that happen. I need it. I, I need it. Uh, let's go Saints minus three here for this one. I'm going to go with the Saints here. I do want to lean into that narrative of Jameis Winston here. I do think that they are the better team here. And obviously, if you take away Mike Evans, I do think that this kind of stalls this offense just a little bit here. I will go with the Saints. Where are you going for this one? That's not to say Jolo can't be a thing. Jameis only lives once. Like that. Why not? Yeah. 
Uh, I think we could work that. I'm tweeting that out. Put it on the board. <laughs> Once he gets a touchdown, we're going Jolo, Jolo, and hashtag and everything yep. all over the place here. I'm with you here. I'm going to the Saints. All right, let's move into the Commanders versus the Eagles here. Eagles minus nine here for this one. Let's talk about the quarterbacks. Sam Howell, obviously nowhere near your starting lineup. I did have to start Sam Howell last week in a Superflex League. That felt great. Uh, Jalen Hurts, obviously into your starting lineups because of the tush push. Uh, let's go to the running backs here. Brian Robinson, we talked about him just a little bit earlier. If you are expecting sort of this narrative to play out of, let's control the clock, let's keep the ball away from Jalen Hurts and this offense, Brian Robinson easily 20 plus touches in this one. Antonio Gibson nowhere to be found essentially in this offense either. Where does Brian Robinson land in the rankings for you? Yeah, top 15 guy for me. I mean, he and Swift both in this same game, I think are locked into lineups at this point until proven otherwise. They both have clear roles and an offense that wants to feature them like that. What more could you ask for? I've got Brian Robinson at RB21 on the week for me currently. I get wow, the okay. I get the argument of where you're going. But the matchup scares me. The matchup sure. up against that defensive line scares me. So I do think that 20-plus touches in, is in the cards. But three yards per carry for Brian Robinson and probably not going to find the end zone, right? Like, if he doesn't find the end zone, it's sort of a Najee Harris situation. Am I really happy that I started yeah. him? That is kind of where I'm going here for this one. DeAndre Swift, you mentioned his name there. Obviously, taking over this backfield and producing in a big way. RB13 on the week for me. Where does he land for you? I've got him at 10. I mean, consecutive top 15 finishes. Uh, kind of talking out of both sides of my mouth here to a degree. I think Washington wants to control the clock, but if they can't, this is Philadelphia pushing the ball up and down the field, controlling tempo, getting ahead, and pounding the ball. Like, they've proven that they're willing to do that, and they're willing to do what Detroit wasn't for like half a decade here, and that's to feature DeAndre Swift. We know the talents are there. If he's getting 20 touches, I'm at 10, and that might not be high enough. All right, the wide receivers here for Washington. You got Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson. I mean, just with this, everything that you've talked about so far with Sam Howell looking as rough as he did last week, and then you've got the game script potentially playing out the way that you think, I'm assuming then that Terry McLaurin and Jahan Dotson are outside of the top 30 wide receivers on the week for you. You would be correct there. I mean, McLaurin, he's been fine. Like he's, but it's tough matchup after tough matchup after tough yep. matchup in an offense that I don't trust to move the ball through the air. Jahan Dotson, I don't know where the ghost has, of him has gone this season. We saw unsustainable efficiency as a rookie. I get that there's some regression, but you got to look my man's way. They looked at him seven times in week one. He had the early targets in week two, and then it, like it's poof. It's gone. I don't get it. They have to take some chances. If they want to open things up for Brian Robinson, Dotson, I think, is in their best interest to get more involved. But until we see it, I'm not even sure he needs to be on rosters at this point. Right. I was just about to say we are barreling closer and closer towards Jahan Dotson not being on fantasy rosters at this point. He's at wide receiver 49 on the week for me. You cannot look his way here in this matchup. Terry McLaurin, wide receiver 34. And that thing that you said with Terry McLaurin is like it's tough matchup after tough matchup. And I don't trust the passing game. That has been the argument copy and paste year over year for yeah, Terry McLaurin here throughout his NFL career is just tough matchup after tough matchup. He still gets it done. But man, if we get this guy. Uh, in a different division, at least, with a better quarterback. Man, imagine what yeah, he right? could do. Uh, the wide receivers here for the Philadelphia Eagles. We saw a little bit of a down performance from Devontae Smith. A.J. Brown emerged, though. At this point, you're just playing both of them, because, and you just don't know which one of them is going to go off. I'm going to assume that both of them are top 15 wide receivers for you. At the tight end position here, Dallas Goddard. Logan Thomas could be back in this one. We'll see how this progresses as we move throughout the weekend here. But Logan Thomas, a dart throw 
streaming option at best. Dallas Goddard, I'm assuming, in your starting lineups here just based on he was drafted as a top 10 option. You got to still roll him out there. He's doing enough, correct? Yeah, more involved lately than the donut in week one. So it's, it's good enough. And that's really all it takes at the tight end position. I don't need to be billing you as a league winner or even a week winner. He's just got to be stable. Five catches for 50 yards. That's all we need. Dallas Goddard at tight end eight on the week for me. Let's make a pick here. Eagles minus nine. Where are you going in this one? If I'm going to stay consistent here, and I am one to stay consistent, then I think Washington can control the ball and keep this thing close. Maybe it's maybe it's 24-10 late. They get a touchdown that nobody cares about with a minute 40 left, and they cover for me, and that all covers count the same. So I'm good with that. I'm going to go Commanders here as well. I do not think this game is going to be close. However, these divisional matchups, and historically Commanders versus Eagles, these have been tighter, closer games. I do think that this will be at least a little bit of a battle, and I do think that this plays out the way that you said, that you get that backdoor cover, you get this cover in late. I will go the Commanders there as well. Let's go Vikings-Panthers here. Vikings minus four in this one. Let's talk about the quarterbacks here. Kirk Cousins, guess who is the QB1 in all of fantasy football here through three weeks? It is Mr. Kirk Cousins here. At this point, you got to get him into starting lineups, right? You're just locking him in at this point? Yeah, I get the concern that he's not a mobile guy, but he's breaking that mold. I mean, the guy's on pace for 6,000 passing yards and 50 touchdowns. Like, what's not to like about what he's done? Obviously, Justin Jefferson builds in that floor, as does TJ Hawkinson. Addison and Osborne, their options. Alexander Madison's getting looks out of the backfield. So, yeah, Kirk Cousins, until further notice, is a top 10 guy every single week. No reason to pivot against the Panthers. Cousins QB seven on the week for me here in this one. Andy Dalton was looking like he was going to be the starting option here, which kind of elevated Adam Thielen uh, moving forward. However, Bryce Young looks like he is going to be back and ready for this matchup after practicing in full on Wednesday and Thursday. We will see how the practice reports plays out on Friday. Bryce Young, not in your starting lineup, but we will talk about the fallout here as we move throughout the rest of this game. Alexander Madison, at this point, we talked about him going into last week saying that, I mean, get him into your starting lineups, going up against the Los Angeles Chargers. We viewed the Philadelphia Eagles matchup as, in week two as a bit of an outlier, that this was going up against a very, very tough defensive line, that there was a makeshift offensive line. They had no chance of running the football, so they didn't even attempt it. Now, we saw Alexander Madison over 100 total yards this past week. Cam Akers, we've talked about the dynamics of that one. Is Alexander Madison a top 15 option in rankings for you this week up against the Carolina Panthers? He is. I see no reason to pivot. I mean, he's running back 13 for me, season high in carries, catches, targets, and scrimmage yards last week in that crazy loss to the Chargers. I'm not getting off of it. Alexander Madison, to me, is a guy that's going to see north of 70% of the touches, if not a higher rate, for this Vikings offense, even as they work in Cam Akers, I'm not that concerned about it. And if people are, I think he, he's a decent buy low option, even after a big week. RB14 on the week for me here, we're even seeing him. I mean, it, he hasn't punched one in yet, but we're seeing too, like the goal line opportunities there. We saw that last week, goal line opportunities, wasn't able to convert, but those opportunities are gold for fantasy football. So Alexander Madison has plenty of upside here in this matchup up against the Carolina Panthers. Miles Sanders it's a great matchup on the ground up against the Minnesota Vikings. He hasn't done necessarily enough to provide us with a ton of confidence here moving forward, but is Miles Sanders in starting lineups? Yeah, he's got the lead role. He's a top 20 guy for me. We're seeing the involvement in the past game that they hinted at this preseason, so you love to see that in a game that they could be playing from behind early and often against the Vikings. So yeah, he's a top 20 guy. He's not somebody that I don't think he's capable of winning you a week. 
but he's very capable of sustaining where you're at and not losing ground on the competition. And there's value in guys like that, like James Conner and all those guys. Yep, RB15 on the week for me, right behind Alexander Madison. Let's move to the wide receivers. Obviously, you are starting Justin Jefferson. Jordan Addison, is Jordan Addison in your starting lineups here as a top 36 wide receiver? He's moving up. Uh, we might look back at week three and be like, that was it. That was the turning point to when Addison overtook Osborne. We saw the target count eight to three in the rookie's favor. And if that's here to stay, Addison's going to be here to stay in my top 25, top 30 receivers on a consistent basis. I've got him just outside that right now, but I do think he's a viable flex play. And if he proves for a second consecutive week that he's the secondary receiver in this offense, it's wheels up, baby. He It'll be better times ahead for him. He didn't, he didn't score last week. He scored the first two weeks, but I think he's trending in the direction of being a lineup lock on a consistent basis. It's impressive what he's done so far here in his rookie campaign. 61 receiving yards in week one, 72 in week two, 52 this past week. And obviously, like you mentioned, touchdowns in each of the first two weeks here. Jordan Addison, a very, very viable fantasy asset moving forward. Adam Thielen, we talked about him uh, just a little bit ago, but if we are getting Bryce Young here, we didn't exactly see the top tier production from Adam Thielen like we did last week with Bryce Young. Is Adam Thielen now back to being a borderline top 40 play, just a flex option versus someone that was potentially pushing a top 24 option with Andy Dalton at quarterback? Yeah, no, to me, this is pretty simple. If Andy Dalton's there, you're flexing Adam Thielen. If he's not, you're benching him. Like, I hate to put it that easily, but consecutive top 20 finishes is great. I just don't trust what this offense is willing to do with the rookie under center. But with Andy Dalton, everything opened up. All options go. Anything can happen. And he trusts the veteran receivers. We saw a chart get busy too with Dalton under center, but if Young is under center, everything changes and I'm not consistent. You can do better than Thielen. With Young in there, he's, to me, he's not that much different than the Drake Londons or DeAndre Hopkins right. or guys like that that are going to see limited volume from questionable quarterbacks. As we look at the tight ends, it is TJ Hawkinson, Hayden Hurst, TJ Hawkinson, obviously into your starting lineups. Not a ton to break down there. Let's make a pick for this one. Vikings minus four. Where are you going here? It scares me because the Vikings are like the freaking Chargers where every game's within a field goal. Now I'm I'm telling you I'm laying more than a field goal. So that's that's disconcerting. I'm going to say they control this game and I hope they get up and get out and get out of town early. So I will take the Vikings with not a ton of confidence. It scares the absolute crap to be going uh, out of me to be going with the Vikings here as well. But this Panthers team just does not have it here just yet. We know that they are obviously resetting with Bryce Young now in town. I will go the Vikings here as well. Let's go Steelers versus the Texans here. We got Steelers minus two and a half, just a 42 point over under here. Kenny Pickett, CJ Stroud, both of them outside of the top 15 consideration here at the quarterback position for fantasy lineups. Let's talk about the running backs here for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Najee Harris, Jalen Warren. How are we viewing these guys moving forward? Kind of like the Bears, man. Like, this is tough. I don't think either one of them should be in lineups until we see one of them get 65 to 70% of the touches. Like, there's not enough juice in this Pittsburgh offense at the moment to support two backs. I'm not sure there's enough for one, but I would need one guy to have the consistent volume that I'm comfortable with saying, yeah, he's, he's getting me 16 to 18 touches. Like, that's, that's not in the cards right now. It's just... There's no way to be comfortable in this offense. The scoring equity is so limited. So I'm benching both if I can. I still have Harris three spots higher than Warren. Like if push comes to shove, but this could be the week Warren gets there. It's it's not a good situation to be a part of. Najee Harris last week, 19 rush attempts, seven half PPR points. 
like what are we supposed <laughs> to do with repeat. that? What are we what are we supposed yeah. to do with that? Like the, again, this is the I've said this now for Najee Harris for a, a better part of a year now is if he does not find the end zone, you are not going to be happy that you started him. That's why I was fading Najee Harris coming into the year, and this is where we're at. Jalen Warren continuing to emerge here. Now, I will say there is a very good chance of finding the end zone in this matchup up against Houston, but sure. Najee Harris RB26 on the week for me, Jalen Warren at RB30. We'll see if this backfield yeah. starts to flip. We've been talking about that now for several weeks. Damien Pierce here. Damien Pierce not getting the job done here. He did find the end zone, but still didn't result in a ton of fantasy production here. And now as we look at potentially both of the tackles for Houston, potentially out in this one, he's looking at second string and third string offensive linemen in front of him up against the Pittsburgh Steelers defense and TJ Watt. TJ Watt going for four sacks in this one. Damien Pierce, is he anywhere near your starting lineup this week? I mean, he's Najee Harris without less touchdown equity, right. and that's not as damning with faint praise at best. Like, it's no, he scored last week, like you said, and that was more fantasy points on that play alone than he had in week one or week two. So, that no, I don't get how you can start him and feel good about it. I'd rather start Jalen Warren at this point. Damien Pierce and Jalen Warren back to back in my rankings here. I would really, really like to see Damien Pierce with the offensive line that we expected him to have coming into the year. Obviously playing with second and third stringers. We're just not getting the production that we wanted. George Pickens here for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Where does he land in the rankings for this one? I think he's a top 25 guy. He should be in your lineups. The, he's like a rich man's version of Garrett Wilson. Like the targets he's getting aren't high quality, but they're slightly better then what Wilson's getting in New York, and that's enough for me. Pickens, a great talent, has the opportunity to bust one. We saw what, a 76-yard touchdown or whatever right. it was on Monday night, not or one of those primetime games against the Raiders two weeks ago. So I think that there is enough potential to get him into the lineups and enough target volume to where, yeah, maybe he can make a 35-yard play and a highlight as like a sports center top 10 sort of deal. Not safe by any means, but he's in my lineup. George Pickens currently at wide receiver 21 on the week for me. So I'm definitely looking his way here in this one. Nico Collins, Tank Dell, Robert Woods. We've talked about the volume for all three of these wide receivers. Let's focus in on Nico Collins right now. Would you start Nico Collins this week or Terry McLaurin up against the Philadelphia Eagles that we just talked about? Give me Nico. The Steelers have struggled to stop one receiver. They haven't been burned by many, but there's one receiver every week that gets them. And I, to me, Nico's the clear-cut wide receiver one in this offense. I get that Tank Dell has been an option, and he's been productive. But, I mean, he was left unguarded on the 68-yard touchdown. There's some flukiness to him. I don't think that's the case with Collins at that size and athletic profile. He offers a lot to like. So give me Collins to be a top 25 guy. I've got him right next to Pickens in my rankings. Would you go Nico Collins or Zay Flowers up against the Cleveland Browns? I've got Nico five spots higher, and that hurts me to say because I do think Zay Flowers' floor is a little bit higher, but I'm intrigued by the upside. And like I said, they've given up. Pittsburgh gave up big numbers to Ayuk in week one, Cooper in week two, Devontae Adams last week. I get that he's not on that level, but those are clear-cut number one options that are getting fed volume that you know are going to get fed volume, and they can't stop it. So if that's the case for Collins, top 25 for me. Tank Dell at wide receiver 33 on the week for me currently. Uh, that is just ahead of Terry McLaurin, Cortland Sutton, and Gabe Davis currently. So Tank Dell has been getting the job done. The volume is there. I do think that he is worth continuing to look at here as a top 36 play. The tight ends here, Pat Fryermuth had a nice bounce back performance, of course, after we faded him going into last week for only catching two receptions for five yards the first two weeks. Has a bit of a bounce back performance there. He is back in your starting lineups for here. And Dalton Schultz, at this point, can hit waiver wires everywhere. Uh, Steelers, minus two and a half. Where are you going in this one? 
I'm going to go with the Steelers. I don't... You sound I, pr- supremely confident in that one. Uh, amazingly so. I, I think they're pretty much clones of one another. I don't trust either quarterback. I don't trust either running game. And both guys have a, one receiver that I don't mind. So I, I think this is ugly. But I kind of like George Pickens more than I like Nico Collins. And that's kind of where I'm going here. And the Steelers defense over the Texans. I will come back to the argument for the offensive line in this one. And you'll yeah. very rarely hear me like the offensive line is the deciding factor for this matchup, but it really will be for the Houston Texans. If we do have those starting tackles out up against that Steelers defense, this game isn't even going to be a contest. So I will go with the Steelers here as well. Minus two and a half. Let's go Raiders chargers, the San Diego chargers versus the <laughs> Oakland Raiders here for this one. Uh, chargers minus five here. Jimmy Garoppolo potentially going to be back for this one. If he isn't that obviously will play a role in how we view these wide receivers with Devonte Adams and Jacoby Myers. We'll talk about that here in a second. Justin Herbert at this point in your starting lineup. So let's talk about the running backs here. Josh Jacobs has not been getting it done. Is this a bounce back spot for him up against the Los Angeles Chargers defense? It better be like this is if not now when like we haven't seen him have more than 20 yards on a carry in over 300 days. That's terrifying to me. But if there's a spot to get right, this this is like the Titans pass game or the Titans pass defense is this Chargers run defense. If you're going to figure it out, better do it now. So I'm starting them with confidence this week. Come to back to me in seven days and we'll have a different conversation right. if this goes sideways. Right. I do think this is the spot where you start Josh Jacobs. And if we don't get it here, then then we start to become officially concerned. Austin Eckler trending towards playing. We will see how this goes. Obviously, if Austin Eckler makes it back in time for this game, then you are obviously starting him here. Joshua Kelly, Soppy, we talked about him on the Start Sit podcast. I'm not going anywhere near him. However, you have a little bit more confidence in Joshua Kelly. I don't know why, but you do break it down for me. I have a little bit more confidence in the idea of Josh Kelly. Like it's a very different conversation. I don't love Josh Kelly, the player. Nobody's going to be able to sell. Like I'm not trying to sell you on him being some top 15 talent or anything like that. But if Eckler misses in an offense we trust, that's going to move the ball and put him in the position. I feel like I'm a broken record. I've definitely said that for two or three weeks now. And he's averaging like five feet of carry. And it looks terrible, but I'm sticking with that process. If Austin Eckler is out, Josh Kelly, a top 30 guy for me. We've seen it with the Chargers that when they get into these shootouts, they produce a viable running back. I I think they can do it. Obviously, it's a different story with Austin Eckler, and he impacts those numbers. Josh Kelly, if I'm getting 20 touches from a running back in a spot like this against the Raiders, that's blindly a top 25 running back. So it's... I'm middling here. I said that's blindly a top 25 running back, but I'm not blind. I've watched this and I've seen Josh Kelly struggle in a big way. So he's inside my top 30, but not a, not a must start. How's that? That's fine. Not a must start. I can live with that. I'm going RB 32 on the week here for Joshua Kelly, assuming that Austin Eckler does not play someone that I am putting in there just because I simply am trying to decide between Khalil Herbert, Roshan Johnson, and Josh <laughs> yeah, no Kelly. If that is you. Man, it's been a rough season so far. Uh, let's go Devonte Adams here. You are getting, I think at this point, you get him into your starting lineup, regardless of who the quarterback is. Just absolute dominance from him from him here so far this season. Now, obviously, he would move a little bit down the rankings if it is Brian Hoyer, but still get him into your starting lineups. Jacoby Myers, you have nailed this one, my friend. Jacoby Myers so getting the job done here so far this year. Do we have concern if it is Brian Hoyer here for this matchup? By Axel, you call him by his God-given name. Um, yeah, I mean, there's obvious concern there. Hoyer isn't 
Like the profile I liked in Jacoby Byers was like 45, 50% what I liked about Garoppolo and the check down and his ability to fixate on a target. Hoyer, not quite the same. Jacoby Myers right now, a top 30 guy for me as we kind of wait in limbo here to see which quarterback is underside. I'm not even... 100% against Aiden O'Connell starting. So we'll see what direction they go there. Right now, I would pencil in Myers and pivot if need be. But again, who are you choosing between Myers? Like if it's Myers or Elijah Moore or somebody like that, like I will go the upside profile and the target count for Myers now. And if they go with a backup quarterback, I can pivot later. All right, let's go to the Chargers side of things here. Keenan Allen just went God mode last week. Absolutely Goodness. into starting lineups here moving forward. Quentin Johnston and Joshua Palmer. You and I didn't get a chance to talk about this, but you and I are split here on how we see the Chargers wide receiver room moving forward after Micah Williams. You had Quentin Johnston very high in your waiver wire rankings going into uh, this week. I had Joshua Palmer as my number two option to pick up, and I okay. got him in several leagues for a pretty substantial fab bid. I am a believer in Joshua Palmer carving out a role here as the wide receiver two in this offense. Where do these guys land in the rankings for you going into this one? To me, the fact that we're having this conversation kind of tells you all you need to know right now. They're not that much different than the Vikings battle for the wide receiver two role that I think the role itself is very valuable. But while it's in a competition and while we're potentially seeing a target split, you're stuck. Like I don't, I don't have either inside my top 36. Although I think one of them will very much finish inside the top 36 this right. week. But I just don't know who it's going to be. And that's that's concerning. I like your idea with going on Palmer. If he's going to win this role, it's right away. If this, if it's even and it goes later, it's like, hey, we spent the 21st pick over or overall pick on Johnston for a reason. Let's see if the kids got some juice. So that's kind of the math behind me liking Johnston long term is that I don't think Palmer's exceptional. And if not, then they're going to side the way of the draft capital most recently. But it wouldn't shock me if either guy makes a big splash this week and then really vaults up our rest of season rankings. Yep. I've got Joshua Palmer right now, wide receiver 37 on the week and Quentin Johnston outside of my top 45 on the week. So I'm waiting for Quentin Johnston this week. I'm waiting to, if I've got him, I'm waiting to plug him into my lineup. I will go with Joshua Palmer here as a flex option in a plus matchup against Las Vegas Raiders defense. So we look at the tight ends here. <laughs> Do you need just a moment to be able to vent and uh, get this off your chest about Gerald Everett being stopped at the one yard line last week and seeing two receiving touchdowns to Donald Parham? Wow. I came on here so strong saying Gerald Everett. And you guys are like, you're crazy. He's not seen any looks. And then he gets all the looks. And then he's right there. All the big man has to do is fall into the end zone. My God. And then they bring in Don Donald Parham. And if you're going to get me a freaking vulture tight end, like what are we doing here? If you trust Everett to get you all the way down there, let the man eat and let him score and let me feel decent about what we're doing here. And that just doesn't seem to be the case. Don't get me wrong. Parham's on the field plenty. He just doesn't see any looks until they get inside the three-yard line, and then he sees every freaking look. So, yep. yes, I am very irritated here, if you can't tell. I am I'm still in on the process on Everett. I can't go top 10 again. I, I've just been burned. Like, it, it hurts, Kyle. It hurts a lot at the tight end position where if you get that touchdown, like, he's no longer tight end 13. He's, like, tight end 4. Like, it makes all the difference in the world. Yep. He's not getting those looks right now. You have to admit that he's going to Parham in that spot, which is concerning, irritating, all of the above. 
you know how this plays out, right? We've been playing fantasy football long enough, and we've been in this job long enough that the minute that you say Three I'm touchdowns. done with Gerald Everett, yeah. as he's get, he's finishing as a tight end one on the week, like we're just we're putting that out there that's happening here this week. Let's make a pick here: Chargers minus five in this one. If we are looking at Brian Hoyer as the quarterback, I think even with Jimmy Garoppolo, this Raiders offense not great. Bob, I will go here with the Chargers to cover minus five. Where are you going? I'll differ from you. I guess I'm just the Raiders guy in this podcast, but I'll go with the Raiders. Garoppolo's in there. He always keeps things close. Hoyer maybe can do the same, but more importantly, these are the Chargers. The Chargers are giving you more than a field goal. That is terrifying to me. Every freaking game they play comes down to the last possession, so I'll take five and a half points and be on my way. I don't remember who it is, but there's always a tweet that circulates on on Twitter or X or whatever at the end of every Chargers game. And the tweet is, why is every Chargers game the exact same? The same thing. Every single one of them is exactly the same thing. Uh, So it is a little bit terrifying to go with Chargers minus five here, but I have confidence in them. Quote unquote. Uh, (laughs) Let's go with Patriots versus the Cowboys here. Cowboys minus six and a half. Let's fly through this one because the fantasy... Options in this one, not exactly plentiful. Mac Jones here, not someone that you were looking at. Dak Prescott at this point, not someone that you were looking at here in this matchup, both outside of the top 15. Let's talk about Ramondre Stevenson, though. Let's press pause here and let's talk about Ramondre Stevenson. Where does he land in the rankings here for you up against the Dallas Cowboys defense that is going to be foaming at the mouth to get back on track here after getting embarrassed by the Arizona Cardinals? Yeah, this is terrifying. And if you want to bench him, I completely get it. I've got him as a low-end running back, too, just because they could be behind. And he he catches five dump-off passes, and that five for 50 on the passing game, and that's enough to get him there. But I don't see a touchdown. I don't see enough, really, yardage. Like, you're banking solely on volume to get him there against one of the best defenses in the league. Like you said, coming off of a brutal showing. No, like if you have better options, if you want to play a Jerome Ford, if you want to play somebody like that over Stevenson, I 100% get it. I'm not ranking it that way, but it's close enough. Like he's in that tier with these backup running backs that are getting volume. It's just, he might put up a Damian Pierce night. Like that very well could happen. Yeah. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott had a pretty nice performance last week, not necessarily in starting lineups for fantasy football for anyone here at this point, but there is the potential here. Just keep an eye on this situation as mm-hmm. we move forward. I'm another revenge game here as we go into this one. Ezekiel Elliott up against the Dallas Cowboys. They're going to be doing everything they can to get him the into the end zone here for this one. So we will monitor that game as we move forward. Tony Pollard, get him into your starting lineup. The touch count that he is seeing is just absolutely ridiculous. The wide receiver position for the New England Patriots. You're not going anywhere near. C.D. Lamb, you're getting him into your starting lineups. Brandon Cooks and Michael Gallup, they are outside of your starting lineups here in this match. Michael Gallup had a good performance here last week. The game script played very favorably for him. Hunter Henry, I will let you know, Soppy, that I, yesterday, I dropped Hunter Henry in my league to go pick up hey uh, Luke Musgrave. And that worked out I, really, really well <laughs> that for me. Worked out well. So Hunter Henry, again, again, we know uh, just by playing fantasy football long enough that Hunter Henry is about to go off for two touchdowns here this week, just simply because I dropped him for Luke Musgrave. Uh, Jake Ferguson, also someone that based on the volume that you can look at in full PPR formats as a top 12 option, but not someone that you are looking to confidently start here outside of that. Let's make a pick here for this one. Cowboys minus six and a half. Terrified by that number. Where are you going? Giving the boys big, like under seven is like that key number. It does do it for me here. I don't know how the Patriots get much past like 15 points. So if you're telling me I just need to get the the Cowboys in the mid-20s, I think they can do that. Oh, man. I really, 
I mean, I don't want to confidently look at the Dallas Cowboys here based on what happened last week because anything no. can happen based on what we saw with Arizona. Uh, but just based on the offensive side of the ball here for the Patriots, I just do not have confidence that this is going to be anywhere close. I will go with the Cowboys here as well. Let's keep rolling here. Cow Cardinals versus the 49ers. 49ers minus 14 in this one, and I do not blame them. Uh, 44 no. point over under here. Brock Purdy. Is Brock Purdy in your starting lineup here this week in a favorable matchup? He's another one of these guys where it's like, if you have Justin Fields, if you spent that draft capital, and we told you all offseason, if you draft one of these top six, seven quarterbacks, don't draft a backup, which I stand by, by the way. But now that Fields is a mess, like, Purdy's fine. I've got him at quarterback 12. He's, he's a good option. There's nothing wrong with that. The consistent production that he gives you, is viable like that'll work off the streaming off the trash heap that's all you can ask for i don't care that he can't win me a week if he can get me 15 to 20 points on a consistent basis that's fine in a game that we expect them to be leading throughout quarterback 13 on the week for me i'm right in lockstep there with you uh as far as the other side of the ball here let's go to the running backs james connor we talked about him uh on the start sit podcast is james connor in starting lineups here this week even though it is a very very tough matchup up against the san francisco 49ers yeah he's a flex guy for me between running back 25 and 30 depending how these injuries and everything sift out but that's about where He's going to be at kind of the low end of his outcomes. He's going to be ranked somewhere between running back 18 and running back 25 for me every single week because we know what he's getting. He's getting 17 to 19 touches. He's going to have some in most weeks. I get that last week was very good, but he's going to be 17 to 19 touches somewhere in the neighborhood of 70 total yards and he'll score every other week or every three weeks. So that's, that's what you're banking on. It's a tough matchup, like you said, but I prefer him over these messy committee situations. Like I will go him over both bears, over both Steelers in situations like yeah. that. So am I thrilled about the matchup? Of course not. Do I think he can get there? I do. I think moving forward, James Conner is just going to be at RB24 on the week for me sure. every single week moving forward. Like just at that spot, that's that's James Conner's home right there. RB24, someone that you can play. The volume, the upside might not necessarily be there. Christian McCaffrey, obviously you are starting him here this week. Let's talk about the wide receiver position here for San Francisco. Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, a little bit banged up coming into this one. Debo Samuel, we don't know yet. Even if he is going to make it back for this one, he has missed practice on Wednesday and Thursday. So let's just play this out. If both of these players play, are they top 24 options for you? And if neither of them play, are you looking at a Jawan Jennings or any of those other options behind them? I'll start with the latter. The answer is no. I, I think the three primary targets in this past game are all viable on a weekly basis based on their merit, not the situation so much. So Debo, Ayuk, and Kittle, all very good players and they carry their own risk-reward profile. If one of them sits, the value of the other two obviously skyrockets. Right now, if you're telling me all three of them play, then I go Debo ahead of Ayuk for some of the rushing production. But I do, I'm. they're getting closer. The production and the efficiency with Ayuk with Purdy under center is just impressive to me compared to that of Debo. We He could have volume, but like six catches on 12 targets, like that's not that efficient. And if the target count dips when Ayuk's back, the value is going to go with it. So these two are closer and trending closer and closer in my ranks. But for both of them, it's top 25. And that's because they're going to combine for 30 points. I just don't know how they get in there. Right, right. Uh, on the other side of the ball here for the wide receivers, Marquise Brown has scored back-to-back -back weeks here. But I am not confidently starting him here in this one. He is outside my top 36 wide receivers. Do you agree? 100%. 
100%. Michael Wilson's got to be on rosters to some degree if you're in deeper formats because he's interesting in the size profile and all that good stuff. Then you'll be playing from behind. But make no mistake about it. You're not playing a Cardinals receiver until otherwise noted. All right. And at the tight end position here, Zach Ertz, George Kittle. Kittle is into your starting lineup just simply based on the upside in this matchup. Uh, and especially, too, if we do not have Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel. Yeah, George man. Kittle might be tight end two in my rankings here this week as we move into Sunday. Zach Ertz was someone that we were considering for top 15 uh, at the tight end position and then came crashing back down to earth here this past week. Wasn't needed a ton, though. So if the game script plays out this 49ers minus 14, could we see a decent solid floor from Zach Ertz? you're talking what like eight catches for 36 yards like the guy the per catch upside isn't there if you play I'll in a take full, it yeah I'll take I guess it at the position you get yeah I mean it basically what he offers is a volume yardage thing is like Pat Fryermuth getting his one touchdown like that's what it is it's right I, do you want to bet on Fryermuth touchdown or nine targets resulting in seven catches for Ertz to me I'd probably rather go the Fryermuth route there thinking that there's more volume upside in a spot like that than touchdown equity for a guy like Zach Ertz. So I'm not that interested. If you play in full PPR and you're really streaming, then sure. All right, let's make a pick here. 49ers minus 14. This is a massive line here. Where are you going? <sighs> I'm laying the number. Like that hurts my soul to do. But after getting burned by, oh yeah, they're going to keep it close and the Broncos lose by 50. And then I said, oh yeah, the Bears, Justin Fields, they can pick up enough first downs, lose by 38. So I'm not going, I'm learning from my past mistakes, Mr. Yates. I'm going to go and lay the points and do what I got to do there. I, uh, I will go Cardinals here. I'm going to go Cardinals because I so don't gross. know if the, I know it is. I don't know if those wide receivers are going to play. If they, if Debo and Brandon Ayuk miss, we've got to make this pick now, obviously. Uh, so I will lean just, that is just such a massive line with some injury concerns here for the 49ers offense. I will go with the Cardinals to cover 14. I uh, don't feel great about that. Let's go Sunday night football here. We're going to fly through this one. Chiefs versus Jets. Chiefs minus eight and a half. I feel like this one could easily be Chiefs minus 14. Uh, as we got Taylor Swift in attendance here, this hey might now. be Chiefs minus 21 by the time this all <laughs> wraps up here. Uh, let's go Patrick Mahomes. Obviously, you are starting him here. Zach Wilson, dear God, no. Running backs, Isaiah Pacheco. Where does Isaiah Pacheco land in the rankings here for you? We talked about him a little bit earlier. I think it's pretty easy. I think you start all your Chiefs besides the receivers, and I think you bench all your Jets. Pacheco, top 24 guy. For me, we keep seeing the volume, like I mentioned earlier, tackled on the one-yard line or has scored in every game this season. He's still the guy. Jerk McKinnon scored a pair of touchdowns. It is what it is. That's going to happen in an offense built like this, but Pacheco's a between-the-tackles guy. He's shown some juice. He's shown some involvement in the passing game. To me, he's checking enough boxes to be considered a fine RB2 on a consistent basis. Isaiah Pacheco. I mean, the Chiefs for this one might be up 24 going into the fourth quarter, and that might be kind like so if that is the case then we're going to see them just continue to run the ball run the ball run the ball that's where we could see isaiah pacheco really hit that i mean he had 15 rush attempts off the top of my head last week i think that he could easily hit that here again with the scoring opportunity i will go isaiah pacheco within the top 24 running backs on the week for me as well jarek mckinnon not someone that i am considering here for this one Brees hall dalvin cook you said at this point you bench all of your jets like is that true are we carrying that completely over into Brees Hall, Dalvin Cook, Dalvin Cook for sure. But Brees Hall, Garrett Wilson, are these guys just complete fades at this point? Yeah, they're both outside my 30 or top 30 at the position. I don't know how you can play either one of them with confidence. With Hall, you've got a committee situation. It's 
that's not going to be in scoring position. Like, that's a problem. And we mentioned it earlier with Wilson. Like, the targets just don't matter in this offense because Zach Wilson couldn't hit the broadside of a barn. And Garrett Wilson's big, but he's not as big as a barn, so he can't hit Garrett Wilson. That's a concern for me. The one play upside is obviously there, but I'm not. You could find better ways to bet. I'd rather bet on one play from Gabe Davis or something like that. That phrase broadside of a barn is something that my mom said routinely growing up. And I just like never really fully comprehended what that like truly meant. You know, like your parents just have sayings and you just kind of, un- and then the sure, older that sure. I got, like that is just such a brilliant insult. Like it's just such a brilliant insult. Bro- <laughs> I couldn't hit the broadside of a barn. I absolutely love that. Uh, Chiefs minus <laughs> eight and a half here. Uh, give me the Chiefs, man. Like what, what would this line have to be for me to pivot and side with Zach Wilson and the Jets? This should easily be Chiefs minus 13, minus 14, like pushing that. I'm going to take the Chiefs here. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, what's the low number that you think the Chiefs score this week? I think that I think this is going to be like a 38 to 10 score Chiefs over the Jets. Right. If they get if they approach 30 at all, then you're telling me the Jets have to get near 20. Against a Chiefs defense that we think looked good. Right. Like, I get that we're going to play this back and look very dumb on this time next week. But, uh, yeah, no, I'll take the Chiefs. I'll, I'll, somebody's been betting the Jets. This was 10 when I wrote the article. It's eight I and know, a half. Which is ridiculous. Uh, love setting money on fire. Uh, let's go Seahawks versus Giants here for Monday Night Football. Seahawks minus one in this one. Geno Smith, Daniel Jones are both these guys' top 15 options in week four. Yeah, they're, uh, Gino's there. I'm not as sold on Daniel Jones. Like, it's it's worrisome for me. Daniel Jones outside my top 15. Gino's inside it. It's a good matchup. Like, don't get me wrong. Nothing about Seattle really scares me, but I need this Giants pass-catching crew to show me something. Like, Darren Waller, is he is what he is. I think he's fine in fantasy lineups, but he hasn't impressed this season. And without Saquon Barkley in the mix, I'm not sure how they can move the ball in any can kind of consistent basis even against a bad Seahawks defense uh I've been getting back into Hamilton I absolutely love the Hamilton soundtrack and so I've been getting back into that my son absolutely loves it as well so we've been listening there's a line within that is close your nose and hold your or <laughs> hold your nose and close your eyes <laughs> and uh that is the mentality that I take with starting Daniel Jones in fantasy football QB 12 on the week for me sure. not necessarily someone that I am absolutely in love with starting here but up against the Seattle Seahawks defense I think he's a fine option that you can turn to and just hope that he sees north of eight plus rush attempts for this one. Uh, Daniel Jones at 12 and then Geno Smith at QB 16 on the week for me. So a little bit lower there with Geno Smith going into this one. Uh, At the running back position, you're starting Kenneth Walker. Zach Charbonnet is on your bench here. Saquon Barkley, if he does play, this is going to be an interesting situation. We have not plugged it yet. YouTube live streams on Sunday morning, youtube.com slash at PFN fantasy. This is where we are going to have more information here on Saquon Barkley as we move into this matchup. So make sure to come back there as we are going to be able to tell you is Saquon Barkley trending towards playing. Then you may be able to look at him over some of these other options, but this is a Monday night football game with a player that we just do not know if he's going to be back or not. Something to consider here with Saquon Barkley. We'll monitor that one. If he does play though, obviously you are starting him. Matt Breida, if Barkley doesn't play, is someone that you can look at as a RB30 option, but dude saw four total rush attempts in his first spot start for Saquon Barkley last <laughs> week. I'm not having full confidence in that guy. He did he score. <laughs> I won't take that away from him. Uh, wide receivers here, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett. I'm just going to assume, Sapi, that these guys are in your starting lineup as top 20 yes, plays. Sir. Jackson Smith and Jigba, not there yet. I'm excited for the future, but not there yet from a redraft standpoint. For the Giants, Nothing really here as far as the wide receivers that we can fully take away and rely on confidently. Uh, We need to see the snap 
we need to see these guys separate themselves. Right now, they're all still jumbled together before we even, even yeah. begin to discuss which one to start. And then at the tight end position, I do want to ask you about Darren Waller. Darren Waller, is he someone that we can confidently play here this week as it just has not lined up the way that fantasy managers were hoping for so far this season? It hasn't, but you can't tell me that there's guys off the waiver wire that have lined up. Like we saw Hunter Henry do it for two weeks and then he busts. And you're going to see somebody else do it for the next two weeks and then they'll fall apart. Or they were, Firemuth has his one catch for one touchdown game. Then he has a dud. Then he has a good game. It's the nature of the position with a 21% target share and an offense that's going to funnel through him. I think Darren Waller's a fine play because he plays tight end. If he was a receiver, he'd be like wide receiver 46 for me. But because he's tight right. end, he's a top six guy. I am getting very, very close to there's been a movement over the past couple of years within fantasy football that is like remove the tight end position Eliminate and make it, it another flex yeah. spot. I'm getting I'm getting very, very close to siding with that with because it. this is an absolute headache here. All right. Seahawks minus one for this one. Where are you going here? Give me the Seahawks. I'll go with the Seahawks there. I do think Geno Smith can make a few more plays. I trust the receivers on that offense and Kenneth Walker's look good. So I'm going to go the Seahawks because I think they can score points. That the Giants can't. I will literally copy paste your entire argument. That was exactly what I was Deal. going to say. I will go with the Seahawks there as well in this one. All right, that'll do it here for the week four matchup previews podcast. Every single week we go into this one and we're like, let's get it a little bit tighter. Let's get underneath an hour and a half. Let's Never like happens. try to get it to an hour. And, 50. and I think it goes longer each and every week here, just based on how much we have to talk through. But this is a ton of fun to do a beast of a podcast. I appreciate you dropping your knowledge and wisdom here for the people. Remember, if you are still listening, PFN Fantasy Discord, you can find the link for that. It's absolutely free to join. Join the link for that right here in your podcast or YouTube show description. This is where we are at answering your start sit questions here as we move throughout the weekend. And especially on Sunday morning, we're going to be in there answering your questions. You want to talk to us as the London game is going on there? Make sure to check that out as well over at PFN Fantasy Discord. All right, that'll do it. For Kyle Sapi, I'm Kyle Yates. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.